Hi, you guys. I'm Joe Katz, and welcome to the Katz Walk. I have got an amazing guest today. I've got Tazia Tellis. She is in the show, The CW100. It's an absolutely great show. She is so radiant, so beautiful. You have to tune in and see her. She tells us some great stories about meeting up with a very funny, funny fan, some of her favorite fashion tips, and a lot of things she hasn't shared with her fans yet are all in this episode. So stay tuned. Tasia Tellis is here. Thank you so much, Tasia. I'm so glad that you are able to join us. Now, you're based where? Are you in New York? I'm actually, I was intending on moving back to New York, but I am, um, I'm in Mexico. <laughs> I kind of got stuck here. Oh, you're in Mexico. Yeah, I'm in Mexico. I'm in, uh, I'm in Tulum. Yeah. So I'm going to wait until it gets a little warmer and then I'm going to head back uh, to New York. I'm hoping. Yeah. Cool. But home for you is Canada, right? That's where you grew up. Yeah, I grew up in Canada. I hopped across, you know, from Vancouver to Montreal. I was born in Toronto. Um, so I spent my life kind of between those cities, but I've also spent time in New York and in L.A. and in Miami as well, um, around the States. So You're a gypsy all over. Yes, yes, yes. So when you, um, when you were growing up, what did you feel like you, um, did you always think I wanted to be an actress or because I, I heard you wanted to get into other things? Like, was it accounting? I mean, I always wanted to be an actor. I just didn't think it was going to be like an actual, I didn't think it was like an actual job. Like I, I was like, this is too glorious and too much fun to be a real job, jo- jobs are work. You have to have, like, you know, they should be grueling and not fun. Right, right. <laughs> and, and and I loved being an artist, but, you know, it just it was, didn't seem like a possibility for me. And my parents wanted me to go in a certain direction. They wanted, you know, they were encouraging engineering and computer science and things that I, at the time, was like, I have no idea what this is. So <laughs> it was like, um... I'm going to go to university. I decided I was going to go into finance, into business, because I thought when I do become a big artist, whatever that means, at least I'll know how to take care of my money. If that's the worst thing that could happen, if I go to, you know, pick this as as my degree. But man, it was tough. It was tough times. It was like... It was tough times, you mean, when you were going to school or yeah. growing up? Like like an artist in finance. Oh, an artist in finance, of course. Yeah, it was a clash oh. of worlds. I was like, what oh am my I God. doing here? <laughs> did you actually go through college and study a, a finance? I did. And then on my, I had like about a semester or two left and I took an an acting class as a kind of easy A. I was like, I, I love this. So I'm like, I, I, I need something a little more, like a little lighter to balance me out. Cause you know, I've been spending these horrifically long nights in the library doing math over and over and over and over and over again. And so I took this acting class wow. and I, uh, I was just like, bing, like right away. Like just, I just felt like I was seeing the world in color <laughs> and I walked out of the, theater and I called my mom and I said mom I'm gonna become an actress this is amazing like I'm so alive right now and she goes 
oh, Jesus, Tasia. <gasps> Anything but that kind of thing, you know? <laughs> um, but so wow. we kind of made a agreement. She was like, just finish your degree. You're so close to the end. So I did. And then I kind of started all over again when I was 24, 25. I started um, exploring acting. Wow. Oh, so you graduated. You could actually do my taxes. Yeah, I would love to. (laughs) (laughs) I would rather hang out with you than you do my taxes. (laughs) Me too. Wow, that's amazing. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You have such a great, big, you're like a a live, big personality. I couldn't imagine. Like, for me, I know like school, but for you to do accounting or just finance. It's like, wow, that's amazing. Um, Was this all in Canada that you were going to school, college? Yeah, it was in Montreal, which is a great university town. And how did you get over to then to acting? Did you go back to college or you went to like a private acting school or? I did. I did. I did a six month intensive and I was lucky. And then I'd fly to L.A. So I flew back to Vancouver. I was going to study acting in Toronto or Vancouver but my mom um, fell ill at the time. So I went back to Vancouver, um, which I was very resistant to because I felt like, you know, I went to high school there. I didn't want to go back to Vancouver. I wanted to go to New York or Tor- like t- Toronto <laughs> or, you know, just I wanted to be in a bigger city. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I went back to Vancouver. I did uh, a few six month intensives. I, st- I, gave, I gave myself three years of studying. I treated it like a degree. So, and then I would fly and do workshops in LA. I would save all my money and I would fly and do these workshops with like big teachers. And they really drilled into me the importance of being a regimented, you know, technical um, actor and the importance of theater and stuff. And what kind of acting did you study? Was it like Meisner or Stanislavski? Oh, all of it. I was, I was so excited. It was like the first time in my life that I, it didn't feel like I was working. Like I would sit there just like watching everything about acting. I find so mystifying and magical. I I just was just the happiest student ever. So yeah, I've, I've trained across all sorts of different disciplines. That's cool. So then how did it go, Tasia, from you going from the school mm-hmm. and then like, what was your first role? Oh man, that's a story and a half. <laughs> um, okay. We want to know, we want to know. Belt, guys. <laughs> um, Here we go, buckle up. buckle up. You can do all the theater training you want, but if you don't know how to land an audition, you're not going to get the job in the first place. So there was a lot of uh, exactly. audition right. camera technique. So I really, really, really think that's an important one for people who are, you know, beginning to build their acting business is that they understand how to prepare a proper audition. And now that there's no casting rooms, it's like we're all stuck at home trying to figure out how to operate the camera and use it properly, you know. Um, But at the time, people weren't spending much time doing that. And so I would say that's a big one. But I just studied audition technique like crazy and then... um, and I wanted to make sure I was really, really prepared for my first, for the first time I walked into the casting room because I wanted to be like, boom, like here I, here I go, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah. And so I waited and I waited and I was patient, I was patient, and I waited and until I remember I was in audition technique class and I remember I started getting like really bored and I could kind of, I felt like I, I had filled my head. I there's I was you know almost at a point where I was like, I can go out to the room now. Like, I kind of know all there is to know, I think, right now at this stage. 
So I'm going to try it out. And I went yeah. to do my first audition. <laughs> and I remember they said, you have to be comfortable um, in the nude. And I'm like, if you met my parents, <gasps> you would be like, like, we're like nudists. Like, we're like, we just would, you know, growing up, just we're like hippies walking around naked, eating like almonds, you know, <laughs> just it was really? a very, like, it was a very like hippie-ish house. So uh, I was like, yeah, totally fine with that. But then I was like, what is actually going to happen here? <laughs> so I go to the audition and I had to wear a bikini underneath my outfit in case they wanted to like, you know, test just how comfortable I could be, you know, being in the nude. Cause this ro- this role was for a high paid escort and there was a sex scene and in the sex scene, I like the guys, there was like, you know, a, a sex scene happening between me and a girl and a guy and um, one of the guys dies. I don't I'm going to give the whole story away, but, and, oh, and no. then I like run through the apartment screaming and I'm naked. So they had to make sure that I could be able to do that. So at the end of the audition, they're like, that was really great. Da, da, da. Um, do you feel comfortable in a bikini? So I just like took off my top and I was just standing there in my bikini top and my jeans. And they were like, yeah, that's like, you're obviously fine because I was just like, oh, you just took off your top. Yeah, you're obviously very comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would never fly today. I don't think, but I mean we don't even have casting rooms to begin with. But um, that was right. me to movement and stuff like that. And so that was my first role, and I just remember being so freaked out on the day on set, like just because not only did I have to run around more or less naked, they give you little like modesty patches, which are you know n- nude colored underwear. But I also had to, like, be, like, picking up, like, sugar glass cups and, like, throwing them around the scene, like, the the, the, the set. So I'm, like, running around naked, oh like, God. picking up bottles and just, like, throwing them around the room, like, screaming. And then they'd be like, cut. Okay, let's go again. And I was like, oh, this is so weird. Like, wow. this is the strangest experience. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty wild. So was that your first audition? I think I might have been in like one thing prior, which was like like a par- paramedic number two, and I was pushing a gurney. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. And then the next one was that one. So I didn't really wow. like know what was going on. That's pretty but. good. Paramedic yeah. number two to lead. Yeah. <laughs> was, was this the? Yeah. yeah. Was this the? Was this skin trade? No, or no? that wasn't skin trade. That was um, uh, rogue. It was rogue. Rogue. Yeah. It was wow. it was part uh, BBC and direct TV, and so they 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 got to be a little bit edgier with their stuff, like you know HBO and stuff like that. So yeah, it was cool. I mean, you are in amazing shape. Like you're tall and you're <laughs> lean, and um, do you have to work hard at it? Yeah, I mean, before I didn't have to work at all. It was almost like. It's yeah, but they, I mean that's what we all say. You're like, oh, the good old days, you know, like right, where right. You, you could eat whatever you wanted and and there were no repercussions. But and then for a moment in time, it became about looking physically fit. Um, you know, so uh-huh. going to the gym became less about fitness and more about how I you know aesthetically looked. If I fit into clothes right. and stuff like that, which I think is a very common female disaster (laughs) but now but now I do it because I enjoy it like I do things more like yoga or I dance you know like I'll just dance if I'm feeling glum um like I now I need to work out because of my mood and you know and it makes me oh really yeah especially like after last year don't you find like 
it was such a strange year and I found myself reaching and doing things to pick myself up. And so I discovered that working out was actually something that did that for me, <laughs> despite having yeah. previously, you know. It does help your mood. You're very beautiful. I think a lot of girls, I think guys look up to you. They think, wow, she's so gorgeous. Uh, Have you always felt like, I'm beautiful? <laughs> I mean, no, actually. I had, because... Again, my, my my I had a really weird household growing up. Like my 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 father's Brazilian, very Latino. There was a lot of salsa dancing. My parents met in Africa. There was a lot of African influences and African art. Um, and we, you know, it was, and just to, so just already there, kind of culturally, we were di- different. But my parents were also big computer nerds, so they were coders. So like they, um, I was coding at a very young age. So I perceived myself as a big nerd. I still do, but, (laughs) but like, you know, I was like, so when I went into high school, there was, I was like in shock. I remember when like a guy, you know, was interested in me. I was like, I didn't know what to do about it. I was like, (laughs) what is happening? (laughs) Do you feel beautiful now? Definitely. And, and you do. Yeah. And it's, it's aware that it's like a long time coming, but like, you know, it's such a harsh world out there. And, and for me, it's really important to be around other strong women and to be connected to nature. So when I'm, you know, in Mexico here in the jungle, or when I'm in Vancouver and I get to be outside or in a garden, it, that really connect It just makes me feel more beautiful. You know, yeah. there's something about like the natural connection that just yeah, brightens me, I guess. I don't know what that's about, but. Well, you're just more connected to, I don't know, you feel more like an outdoorsy, you know, like you love dancing yeah. and nature and, you know, cool, <laughs> fun stuff. Yeah. Living life. <laughs> yes. And yet when I was in you my d- 20s, I would have never thought that. Like I considered, like I was like when someone would be like, do you want to go for a hike? I'd be like, a hike? Like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm I'm a city person. I go to bars. I don't go on hikes. You know? <laughs> it was very, I didn't see myself as a nature person. I saw myself as a city dweller. That's what my identity was. And what do you think changed? That's so interesting. I don't know. I mean, where did you grow up? I grew up in Iowa. So small town Iowa. And now you're in LA. And now I'm in LA. But I moved from L.A. to New York, or Minneapolis, New York, and L.A. And I'm kind of more like, I love the outdoors. But then there's another part of me that's like, I like going to a shopping mall. Yeah, and I, yeah. <laughs> I like I mean. fashion. I'm in fashion. So I like, like, all that stuff. Maybe because I grew up in all of that. So I feel comfortable there. But I do like the outdoors. But i just curious, like, what do you think changed for you, like, in that I way? I think, like... I don't know. I think I just slowed down, you know, like I think I was moving really, really, really fast for a long time. I went from like getting a degree to I also simultaneously opened a restaurant. So I have two restaurants. So I was really so I was opening restaurant, building my acting career. And then and it was just like I was running through life really quickly. And I think I just needed to pump the brakes, Um, which is largely why I'm here right now. But because like I, I love fashion. I love food, you know, but now I'm learning to love, um, this. So being outside in nature and stuff like that. Yeah. What kind of restaurants do you have? Um, they're like, have you 
been to, I mean, how would you describe it? Because if I said it's a pizzeria, it wouldn't be really, have you been to Catch in LA? Oh yeah. So, you know, Catch, if you yeah. just said, oh, it's a uh-huh. seafood place, it wouldn't really encompass all, you know, it's like a funky kind of cocktail bar, you know, but it is a seafood place. Right. And so the, right. so the, like I have a, two pizzerias and they're called the parlor and um, they're kind of like, they're, they're upbeat, funky pizzerias that play old school hip hop. And it's very lively in there for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. I read about that you had one. So now you open You have a second yeah. one. Yeah. In Toronto. Oh, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one is across the street from the Thompson Hotel downtown. And it used to be an old piano factory. So we have a giant piano hanging from the ceiling now, <laughs> which is cool. Oh my God, that's so cool. So you diversify. You've, yeah, you have to come. Yes, I would love to come. I haven't been to Canada in like forever, ever and ever and ever. That's amazing. Um, yeah, you're like in so many different things. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Science, science, science. Hello, podcast fans. Want to get weird with us? Come check out the Mad Scientist podcast. We are a weekly show that looks at the history, philosophy, and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions. Did the government really pay for a psychic spy program? Yes. Is it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing? Yes. Can a roller coaster really kill you? Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes, yes. Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast. If you look at, I look at your, like I looked at your Instagram and you look at your life and you were on the hundred and, you know, and the hit show, you know, that um, really took off on the CW. And it's like, I always look at people and you see people on social media and you always think, oh God, their life is amazing. Their (laughs) life is great. You know, everything is perfect for them, you know, but it's like, I always wonder sometimes like, did you have struggles along the way? Were there struggles? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I have a finicky relationship with Instagram to begin with because it just does such a bad job of really showing anybody what's going, really going on, you know? Um, And I haven't, I'm I'm usually very private and I think my, my resolution for 2021 is to be less fearful and, you know, speak about things with a bit more courage. Um, But I've had a lot of, you know, uh, I've dealt with depression and anxiety issues, you know, for at least 10 years, you know, for at least. Really? So um, mental health is a big one for me. And I think also that's what draws me to nature is that I found that that would really help. Um, But Learning about mental illness, mental health, I think, is a really important thing that we are all doing right now. Um, and I'm learning how to speak about it, I guess, truthfully, but it definitely, like, isn't something... Like, I'll post little things on my Instagram about mental health and in support of it and whatnot in my stories, but I don't go on Instagram very much, usually. I try to... And talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Like, I've been intending on talking about it more, but... Um, 
but I don't, I don't, I'm still, I don't know how, <laughs> you know. It's hard. It is hard, yeah. you know, because it's like, it's very personal. It's very personal. And it's like, I think a lot of times people like, I'll look at something and you're like, their life, her life looks amazing. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Like she doesn't have any problems. <laughs> trust me. I can tell you oh, now. Right? She has no problem. <sighs> but it's like, it's, it, I think it's like important for people to hear because I think it gives them, um, you know, like, I think we're all human and we all have our ups and downs and we all have our stuff. But like, I think just hearing that from you now and not knowing that, I feel like that gives people inspiration to go, you know what? She has a great life, but she has her struggles yeah. too. And that doesn't mean that I can't be successful if I have issues, yeah. you know? And I think, you know, a big part of that, I think presenting how you present yourself to the world and the fact that, you know, we all have our own peccadilloes and our own struggles and our own mm -hmm. things that make us quirky and weird and things that we don't, we're not sure about and big decisions and big things that, you know, events that affect us, you know, we're always getting kind of tumbled around. Things aren't always beautiful. It's important to recognize that because this digital age makes it easy to forget. And one of the things mm -hmm. I also have another resolution was that I was going to stop like editing my photos. You know what I mean? Where you can kind of like, uh -huh. like edit your photo. I was like, I'm going to stop yeah. doing that because I don't think that that's helpful. Like it's wasting my time <laughs> first of <Yeah>. all. <laughs> but you know, that's where I'll go to a photographer and we'll do a glorious shoot and it can be more creative, but I don't have to right. be worrying about, you know, making my life look like it's this perfect glistening you know, pearl when it's not reality. Yeah. How have you dealt with the mental health stuff? Have you, do you go to therapy? Do you, is it just medication? Is it just stuff that? I definitely try to stay away from medication just because those are, I don't know, you know, to me, those are like last resort things. Um, mm -hmm. But sometimes, you know, their first step things, uh, I can't really speak to that because that's so individualistic, but I definitely yeah, know right, that, right. um, finding a good therapist is hugely important. Right. And those become your teachers and those help, you know, with becoming your sounding boards to hearing your like self and understanding your own cycles and your own patterns of ups and downs and how you deal with things. I also realized like <laughs> my therapist told me, she was like, what are your needs with this relationship? And I was like, well, I don't know. Like I realized I didn't have a lexicon or the vocabulary to describe what I needed, you know, out of things or in relationships, friends or boyfriends or whomever. And mm -hmm. I didn't have a lexicon for um, what emotions were. I would always say that I feel frustrated. She was like, well, uh, get behind that. Like what type, like that's not a feeling. She was like, that's not a feeling. And I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> that's how I'm feeling right now talking to you. <laughs> yes, yes. You know? So. And so she taught you that? Yeah. She taught you how to get behind that? It's, it's, self, it's essentially self-care, you know, like learning about yourself, like what works, what doesn't. I found writing works really well for me. Um, dancing works really well mm. for me in nature works really well. For that's, that's very cool. It's always, I always just like people, you know, just to know that whatever people's struggle is, there's options yeah. and there's opportunities. And I think people look up to you, you, you know, as such a great kind of strong role model. Oh. And, and when I was looking at your Instagram, I saw how fashionable you are. Ah. Beautifully, I love very fashionable. fashion. It's so, ups it's so upsetting in like the best way. Cause I have so many clothes and I love like thrift shopping. I love vintage. I love 
new, I love all, all of it. <laughs> and I can't get rid yeah. of my clothes. I'm just like, you'll never get these. Yes. <laughs> and you have a great body for, I mean, like you'll wear like fitted, sexy, you know, I love that stuff. Thank you. Yeah. How would you describe your style? What would you say your style is? It's so funny. Um, we were just having this conversation with a, someone who's designing some jewelry for me. And he's like, I was looking at your Instagram. I didn't know what to take from it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm, I love t- like t-shirt and jeans. Like I like, you know, red yeah. lip, roughed up jeans, like, and then like a t-shirt and some jewelry, just like a really simple classic. And then with like a stiletto, like that's a great yeah. baseline with like, you know, like a rocker jacket or whatever. But right. I also would say I'm like, there's some bohemian kind of gypsy stuff that's going on sometimes. <laughs> there's, you know, yeah. uh, I love high fashion. Like, I love high fashion. Uh, Who's your favorite, like, in high fashion? I know when people ask me, I'm always like, oh, my God, there's so many, you know. But, like, just when you, it, like, things you just love or designs um, that you've seen. Oh, my God. I don't know. Like, do you like Beaumont? Oh, of course. I could see you in Beaumont. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with those built structured shoulders. Like yes, yes. thousand percent. Yeah. yeah, and deep Vs and stuff like that. You'd be so awesome in, do you know this brand called Alexander Voltier? Yeah, of course. He's awesome. Isn't he beautiful? Actually, you know what? My first red carpet, I was wearing a Beaumont. That was my first, I was oh, really? so excited. It was for skin trade. And I was just like, <gasps> I can't remember which store. I think it was Saks. And I, and I picked it out and I was just like, <sighs> and then they packed it for me. We're trying to decide which size, a four or six. And it was like this strappy, had like a strap across the top, strap around the boobs. And then like, and then kind of like a skirt, but it was a black dress. And she packed Ooh. the wrong size. So they're, I'm getting my hair and makeup oh. done. I'm about to go do my first red carpet and terrified. But I'm also like very excited. And my head like look all glamorous and I put on the dress and it's the wrong size. And the top and the middle one, like partition, oh. just fall off of my like short, sh- like sags <laughs> and off of my boobs. Because she's too big. She, she put it in yeah. a bigger size. And I was like, I don't know what oh. to do. So I spent the whole time, but I realized if I <gasps> made my ribs really big, I could keep the dress on. So I spent the whole red carpet, like walking around, just. That's how you did it? And, but also like, it was like such a bizarre (laughs) experience. Oh my God. But yeah, that's my Balma dress story. That's crazy. That's a great call. You nailed it. Yeah. I thought you'd be great in that stuff because it's very fitted. It's very sexy. It's got a very hot look that you'd be great. Two things I wanted to mention, because you mentioned Skin Trade, and I watched that movie, and you got behind that with a cause, I read. Yeah, uh, definitely. So Is that right? Yeah, I feel that human trafficking is one of the worst things in the world. And it's something that, especially at yeah. that time, wasn't getting a lot of press because it was kind. It was one of those closeted subjects, almost like it's too ugly to look at the underbelly of society or something like that. And so I was like, I'll take this issue on. This is, this yeah. must be spoken yeah. about. And so um, I made wow. a, uh, a campaign, a little um, a website called Unslaved, where we sell um, bracelets and all of the money goes mm-hmm. to supporting organizations that fight human trafficking and, um, and provide relief and support systems. For That's awesome. Thank you. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something that we all still don't know. You know, it's like something that 
is very, very important to put a light on, yeah, definitely. you know, that just doing that movie inspired you to put that together? Well, actually, I had read a book. I, I got sick in university. I got meningitis and I couldn't walk for a few months. Um, so my muscles were all atrophied and I couldn't get out of bed. My mom, you know, the ever academic professor sends me this like stack because I was thinking about switching my major and I was like, maybe I should go into women's studies, but I don't even know what that means or wherever you would go with that. So she just like, she's like, yeah, such a great <laughs> idea. So she like sends me a stack of super academic books and, I, and then they just sat there collecting dust for a bit. Cause I was like, I am not reading those books. Like I'd rather flick around on the internet. And then eventually I picked up one of those books. It was called Half the Sky. And that was where I really started learning about human trafficking. And that's the book that kind of inspired me. And then once I got in, into skin trade, I felt like I had more of a, a voice that I could actually start doing something. Wow. Gosh, you have so many interesting <laughs> trails through your life. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. I love My it. fingers and so many yeah, little honey that's pots. so great. <laughs> yes, we're digging into all of it. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing it with my bow tie on too. I'm, I want a bow tie. That's my favorite color. That's um, so cute. Is that purple? Well, oh, thanks. Yes. I always, that's my, like my signature. So I'm always like, I always wear a bow tie in my interviews. That's my dig. You, you know, must have so. so many. How many do you have? Oh God, I don't even know, but I've started making them big. So I made them really big bows and all of that so that they're not like the small ones. I'm like, if you're going to go big, go big or go home. That's right. You know, you get it. So yes, I, um, I have a couple more questions because yep. can you believe we're almost like, like over 40 oh minutes? It's crazy. But one of the things I saw that you do a lot of like, um, like uh, conventions, yeah. right? Yeah. Because of the hundred, yeah. the show that you're on, that you run. So you go to, and I was just always interested because you travel so much like for these conventions, right? Definitely. What is the most um, interesting fan <laughs> question or something like a, a crazy fan that, because I know these, there's these super fans that just love you <sighs> and they love Echo, you know, and they get into it so much. I'm just wondering, is there any interesting fan stories? Oh, like, did definitely. somebody propose to you? Oh, I mean, did somebody of make course. A tattoo I think I'm married you? I just, like, to, so we're engaged to several people across the globe at this point. But, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> no, um, so actually I had t completely forgotten about this story until Jessica, who who's also on the show, she brought it up at a convention on stage when they were asking about fan stories. And we were actually in uh, Mexico, in Tulum. Uh, my mom lives here. She's lived here for seven years. And uh, Jessica, it's her second time. And we get, oh. we get, you know, we land, we pick up a rental car, we hit the highway, we're coming in, we go pick up my mom, we're going to go have dinner. And there's this like busy bustling street we sit down, we order our appetizers, and Jess just keeps on going, so, like, how safe is Tulum? And we're like, oh, it's, like, so safe. It's the most, it's, it's like, nothing ever happens here. Not two minutes later, we hear, bop, 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 bop. And we're all sitting there, and you can just see that all three of us were just like, that's firecrackers for this split moment. And then all of a sudden, boom, like, <laughs> like this crowd explodes, and people are just running. So we don't know what to do. So we're like, we everyone runs into the back of the restaurant. 
So we're like climbing over like chairs and tables. And then like the guys that were shooting at each other ended up getting arrested right in front of where our table was. And we're in the back. And so like we get quarantined into this restaurant. And, like there's this one girl from, I think, Australia. And she's crying and she's trying to call her mom. And everyone's like in this tight little corner. My mom's handing out tequila <gasps> shots, just being like, everything's going to be fine. And the chick is crying. And and then she just stops. She's like, "Are you on the hundred? And, and like it was just like everything. And then like me and Jessica, like we like turn around and we're like, "Yeah." And she's like, "You're Echo, do something." And I was like, "What do you want me to do? Like, what am I supposed to do right now?" Like, oh, that's know? so funny. And then then she's like, well, "Can I get a photo with you guys?" And we were like, "Yeah." <laughs> Oh, weird. So like, you know, like, like, yeah, in the middle of like a giant gang violence, like Mexican cartel shoot, someone was like asking for a photo and telling me to. Oh my and god! That, that would be the craziest oh story because of the surrounding. Yeah. The wow, but. that is. She's in the middle. She wanted you to use your superpowers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you yeah. bring out your sword. I never go anywhere Amazing. without my sword. Um. Okay, I have my very last question. Tell me one thing you haven't told anyone that could help somebody else. Hmm, that's a tough one. So just one thing that you're like, you know, if I said this, this would probably help somebody else. I'll give two quick responses. One, one of the biggest things that I've learned how to do is take three really big breaths <sighs> and just to relax your nervous system when you're feeling like things are getting too crazy. But also it's to not take life too seriously. When yeah. you, you feel mm-hmm. like, you know, the world is like, get, like those are the moments where I literally put on my biggest headphones and I turn up my favorite song and I would just have a big, big dance party. I have to bring some silliness and some levity and some fun back into what feels like such a crazy pressurized world. And so um, just to always like have fun. And remember to breathe and it's all going to work out. I think that's so true because honestly, I think our we when we get nervous or we get scared about anything, we hold our breath and we don't even know it. So I think that's great advice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Tazia, you have been fabulous. <laughs> I appreciate you coming. Thank you so much for taking the time. Go enjoy. I don't even know what time it is <laughs> there, but enjoy the sun, the beach, the everything Thank there. You. Okay, I will. I will. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Joe. You're lovely and amazing, and I love your bow ties. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. See you. Thanks for listening to The Cat's Walk. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to executive producer Gerardo Orlando, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Dave Douglas. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts.